Hello, welcome to God Day. I'm Derek Walker, the pastor of the Oxford Bible Church. And today I want to encourage you uh, in the spirit of faith. Uh, praise God. And really the spirit of faith is the Holy Spirit. He is the one who inspires faith in us. But the key scripture I want to share with you today is from 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 13. It says, since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what is written, I believed and therefore I spoke. We also believe and therefore speak. And so I just want to notice, first of all, as we look at this, there are two aspects to the spirit of faith. One is to believe, to believe in the heart, and the second is to speak with the lips. And there's, uh, they're both important, but there is an order. First of all, we believe, then we speak, all right? So words that are spoken that do not come from the heart have, have no power. So it starts by believing, and, and the heart faith that we have should then be expressed in our speaking. And that, that's how the spirit of faith flows in our life. Um, let's talk about the believing part first of all, because uh, faith is what unites us to God and His grace. That's our connection with God. God works through our faith. And so faith is our trust in God, when we trust with all our heart. And so by faith we receive the grace of God, the good things of God into our heart. And then by the saying, by speaking our faith, we actually release them into our life. Romans 10.10 basically says that. He says, with the heart man believes unto righteousness, into right standing in the promises of God. There's a sense in which then you possess them in your heart. And th but then it says, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation, unto manifestation in our life. So what is this faith, first of all? Faith actually um, includes every, all three parts of our soul, our mind, our will, and our emotions. It involves the mind. We, we need knowledge. To have faith, you have to have knowledge of God, of the promises of God, of the Word of God, and so you need that knowledge in your mind. That's, that's essential. And then as you seek God, what also happens is it affects your emotions. So it's not rather than just knowing what God says, you actually desire to know God. You desire for God's promises to come to pass in your life. You approve of God's word. You want it. You want it for yourself. And, and so this is when your emotions open up to God. And that's part of faith too the emotional element. You, you affirm, you assent, you approve of God's word to you. Uh, and then, but faith is only properly developed when it reaches your heart. Your heart is your will. Your, it's where you make your decisions. It's where you make your commitments. And faith has to penetrate deeper than just your mind, your understanding, and your emotions. It has to get into your heart where you choose to embrace God's word 
as your reality. Um, where you commit yourself to God and his word. That's what makes you a believer, when you believe in your heart. With the heart man believes. So it's not really true biblical faith until it reaches your heart. And if it reaches your heart, then you embrace it and then it cannot but change your life. See, if your life isn't changed, it's because it hasn't penetrated to your heart yet. It's just an intellectual thing for you. And so faith must be formed in the heart. Once faith is formed in the heart, now there is a connection with God. Uh, and you now have the ability to receive the grace and the life of God. And the simplest word that describes this is trust. It's a, it's a commitment to trust God, to take God at his word. But trust by itself, I, I believe there's a further element to what a true biblical faith is, and I would use the word surrender. Um, now, faith, trust by itself, doesn't necessarily include surrender. You, you may trust your bank to a degree. It doesn't mean you're surrendered to your bank. Uh, it, it does, uh, perhaps it means you're dependent on the bank to some degree. But uh, you don't have to submit to your bank. But what I've seen is that if the object of faith is God himself, the sovereign God, then faith in God actually necessarily means submission to God. You, you cannot um, tr trust in the sovereign Lord God without being submitted to him. So faith is uniting yourself. Faith unites you to the sovereign Lord. And that requires a bowing of your heart before him. So a true faith in God requires a submission in your heart um, where you are trusting him but also you're surrendering to him as your reality and as your source. So for example you could know all the principles of believing God and, and how the men of God believe God but if you if there is no heart submission in you you could do all the right things and say all the right things, but you're, all you're doing is trying to make these things work in the flesh. It won't work because you need this attitude of submission to God's authority. And the Bible has a word for that. It's called the fear of the Lord. And interestingly, the fear of the Lord in the Bible is synonymous with faith. Those who have the fear of the Lord are those who have faith. So faith in God requires a submission to God. And I think that's an element that's often missing in when people teach about faith. For instance, Psalm 103, 17 says, The mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting on those who fear him. So notice that you might expect him to say those who believe him, but it says those who fear him. Because it's the same thing, really. Psalm 112, 1, Praise the Lord. Blessed is the man who fears the Lord who delights greatly in his commandments. So the blessing is for the one who fears the Lord. And Psalm 147, 11, the Lord takes pleasure in those who believe in him. Well, it doesn't say that. It says in those who fear him, in those who hope for his mercy. So to fear God is, is really faith. 
And so the spirit of faith, how can you begin to move in the spirit of faith? It begins with a submitted heart that honors God as Lord, as final authority in your life. If God says it, then that's, that's how it is. That's the attitude of faith. Uh, 1 Samuel 2.30 is a powerful verse. It says, those who honor me, says God, I will honor. But those who despise me shall be lightly esteemed. It's so important to honor God. That's the, that is your faith. That's the fear of the Lord. You honor God as the final authority. Your heart is submitted to God. And then God will exalt you in, in that case. So it's possible, you see, I need to say this because it's possible, because it is important to speak out our faith, to declare our faith, to confess our faith, to testify. That's important, we're gonna see that. But it's no good just imitating these things. If you just speak words, they have no power if, if they don't come from a submitted heart. And, and if, if your heart is not honoring God, you can imitate words of faith, but they'll have no effect. In fact, Jesus said this in Mark 7, 6. He said, well, did Isaiah prophesy of you hypocrites? <laughs> Hypocrite is somebody who pretends on the outside, but the heart reality is not there. As it is written, this people honors me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. So again, we see the lips and the heart. That the spirit of the faith is I believe it in my heart and I speak it with my lips. And here are these religious hypocrites. They are imitating. They want to give the impression that they are respectable believers. And so they honor God with their lips. The right words are coming out of their mouth, but the heart, God says, is far from him. Their heart is not submitted to God. They just want to exalt themselves. And so God is not impressed with that. So the, we, our heart has to be right. It has to be submitted to God. Then, then, it be, then, then it becomes real. When you're submitted to God, then you are connected to the grace of God. And then when you speak out of that submission, you release the power of God through your words. So honoring God in your heart, that's, that's faith. And if you honor God, you will, that will show in your life. For example, you'll always speak well of God. You're not going to complain against God. You're not going to be blaming God. That's the sign of a rebellious, dishonoring heart. You honor God by coming to him every day. First thing in the morning, praising him, worshiping him, thanking him, acknowledging him uh, for every good thing. Praise God. That's honoring God. You honor God before your children in your family devotions and you let them know that God comes first. You say grace before your meals, that's honoring God. You honor God by the way you treat others. You're kind to others and you help others because they're in the image of God. You honor God when you honor true authorities in your life because God has set them there. And so this is what the Bible means by godliness, just honoring God in your life. So let's go back to our scripture here. You know, it says, since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what is written, I believed and therefore I spoke, therefore we also believe 
and therefore speak. And what he is referring to, the scripture he is referring to, is Psalm 116, verse 9. And it says, the context of it is, I will walk before the Lord in the land of the living. And, and this is actually a messianic psalm. Uh, and it, ultimately, this is Jesus who is saying these words, that he is declaring his faith that God's going to raise him from the dead. But anyway, the, the psalmist says, I will walk before the Lord in the land of the living. He's going through a, a dangerous situation and he is declaring his faith. I will walk before the Lord in the land of the living. God is going to bring me through this. Then verse 10, I believed and therefore I spoke. What did he believe? He believed that he will walk before the Lord in the land of the living. And notice, once you believe, it is important to speak. Now, there can be confusion in this as what did the psalmist say? Because a lot of the Bibles get the punctuation wrong here. Because sometimes people look at uh, the, the uh, earlier verse and it says, it seems like he's, well, if you look at um, verse 11, he says, I said in my haste, all men are liars, and, but that, and I'm greatly afflicted. And that's what comes after that in the psalm. And so people think, well, this is talking about speaking the negative. But actually, notice in verse 10, it says, I believed, therefore I spoke. And so that's in the past tense. So to find out what he believed and spoke, you need to look at what was in the previous verse, verse 9, which is, I will walk before the Lord in the land of the living. That's what he believed and spoke. I believed it and therefore I spoke it. Okay, so he is facing danger and the Apostle Paul says, we have the same spirit of faith. Though we're going through difficult times, I believed God's promise and therefore I speak God's promise. And you know, this is where faith begins, by bowing our heart toward God. Isaiah 57 says this, verse 15, Thus says the high and lofty one, the one who inhabits eternity, whose name is holy. I dwell in a high and holy place. God is above us. We approach God in humility because he is above us. And with him who has a contrite and humble spirit, that's the spirit of faith to revive the spirit of the humble and to revive the heart of the contrite one. Okay, so it's saying the contrite ones, by the way, are the ones who, who, who take their sin seriously and confess it to God. And when a heart that is surrendered to God and humble before him, he, they will receive revival of the heart, the life of God in their heart. That's how you connect with God in your heart with a humble heart, you see. But then we need to move on now to the second part of the spirit of faith. This, we could put it like this, the Holy Spirit is the spirit of faith. First of all, he produces humility, trust and surrender in our heart. And then he empowers us now to speak the word of God. And when we speak the word of God, we release his power in our life. 
So I believed and therefore spoke. Let's look at Abraham as our example, shall we? You know the story in Genesis uh, 17, he was 99 and God had promised him a child and, and yet it seemed hopeless. And God says to him, I am almighty God, I'm El Shaddai, walk before me and be blameless. See, he'd been out of fellowship with God, trying to do it in his own strength, producing Ishmael. And now God says, walk before me, trust me, surrender to me, let me be your leader, he says and I will do it all for you, praise God. And he says, your name won't be Abraham anymore, your name will be Abraham. And what God is saying is, if you trust me, I will change your name. And the change is by an extra H, Abraham. That's the breath of the Holy Spirit. I will breathe my spirit into your life. If you will trust in me and surrender to my way, you will receive a new life inside you. And that was signified by the change of his name. And he says, I'll make you father of many nations. And Romans uh, chapter four says that, in verse 16, that Abraham is the father of us all, uh, that we are to walk in his steps. We are to follow his pattern of faith. And then verse 17 says, God, gave him the promise, I have given you a, a promise, to, I will made you a father of many nations. And then it says, in the presence of him, that's walking in God's presence, submitted to him, whom he believed, God who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did. And here it points out, you see, that God himself operates in a spirit of faith. In other words, he created the universe. You see, the eternal things, faith, hope, and love. God is love, but oh, God also operates in faith. He conceived the universe in his um, heart, and then he spoke it into manifestation. And, and he's saying to Abraham, Abraham, you need to walk in the same spirit of faith. You need to believe, God, be, believe that God is the God who gives life to the dead. And by faith, he believed the promise of God and he received life into himself, life to have a child. And, but he, he also released his faith by speaking. He started calling himself Abraham. Hey guys, I'm Abraham, I'm the father of many nations. He spoke out his faith. He, he did what God did. God caused those things that be not as though they, they were. God called the universe into existence. And when we speak the word as it were, those words bring forth God's glory into our life. Praise God. That's the spirit of faith. Believe it in your heart, speak it with your mouth. And then it describes his faith in Romans 4. Uh, it says, who contrary to hope, in hope believed, so that he became the father of many nations. It starts with faith in the heart. Verse 19, being not weak in faith, he did not consider his own body already dead, since he was about a hundred, and the deadness of Sarah's womb, in other words, it seemed impossible. He did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith. I think that's not the right translation. It should be translated, he received strength through faith. 
So through his faith in God's promise, he submitted to God's word. He stopped trying to do it himself, but he submitted to God's word and he received strength, life from God through his faith. Notice, but he didn't stop there. It says, giving glory to God. So he didn't just believe it in his heart, he now spoke it with his mouth. And one of the best things you can do is just give glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that your healing is working in me. Thank you, Lord, your power is working in me. Thank you, Lord, your wisdom is working in me. You ask God for wisdom, Lord, I believe. I receive wisdom. Thank you, Lord. I give you glory that that wisdom is going to be manifested in my life. You give glory to God. He says, being fully convinced that what he had promised, he was also able to perform. In other words, he gave glory to God before he saw the answer. He believed the promise. And on the basis of his faith, he gave thanks to God for fulfilling his word, being convinced that what God promised he was able to perform. Praise God. And so that's the spirit of faith. You see, you believe it in your heart and then you start thanking God. When you have believed in your heart, then it will naturally be released by thanksgiving. You'll thank God. You know, if a father promises a child, says, I will give you a bike on your, birth, on your birthday, you know, the, the child hopefully is not going to wait to the birthday to thank his father. I'm going to wait till I see it before I thank it. Well, that, that would be unbelief, wouldn't it? If a child trusted the father, uh, the, ch- fa- the, the child would say, thank you. Thank you, Dad, because he's got his father's promise. And as far as he's concerned, it's as good as done. And that's how we should be with God. Once we embrace the promise, we receive the promise, we submit to the promise, we, it's ours through the blood of Jesus. And now we can start, thank, thank you, Lord. Now, God will bring it to pass in his time and so on, but we, we thank him in advance. We believe and therefore we speak. Hallelujah. That's how God wants us to operate. That's how God operates. He believed it, the universe in his heart. He spoke it with his mouth. And he says, we are to walk in the same spirit of faith. The Bible says, uh, Jesus said in Matthew 12, 34, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. A good man, out of the good treasure of his heart, brings forth good things. So you receive the word of God in your heart. You have good things in your heart, but now you need to bring it forth into your life. How do you do that? He says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Speak out the word of God. Speak out the promises of God. Give thanks for it. That's part of the spirit of faith. Because if you think of water flowing through, say, a pipe, all right, there is an inflow and there is an outflow. You can have a blockage at the inflow and no water is going to flow in, all right, and, that, and that's like unbelief because you're not receiving that water. And the, the main answer to that is be submissive to God's word. But also, there could be a blockage at the outflow. And if there's no outflow, the water can't flow out either. The outflow is through your mouth. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So as you speak out God's word, you are allowing that river to flow through you to bring God's promises to pass. That is the spirit of faith. You believe it in your heart, therefore you speak it with your mouth.
So both are important. You have to first of all believe God in the heart and then speak it with your mouth. In, in um, Mark 11, 24, Jesus said, whatsoever things you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and you'll have them. So here he promises, that's the receiving end. You can come to God and receive what he's promised to you by faith. You believe you receive it. You have it in your heart. And Jesus says, you'll have it. But then in verse 23, he adds the other side of the equation. He says, for whoever says to this mountain, be thou removed and be cast in the sea and doesn't doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. So notice there are two parts of the process. You believe it in the heart, you believe you receive from God, but then to release it into your life, you have to do some saying. You have to speak the word of God and you have to speak to the mountain, which is the speaking to you, your circumstances that are the negative things, uh, speaking to you, saying, you're a failure, you'll never succeed in that, um, it won't work, and so on. The, the mountain speaking to you, you better not let that mountain have the last word in your life. You need to speak to the mountain, you need to speak to the sickness, and say, be removed. Praise God. And so there's the believing and there's the speaking. Both are important, okay? Both are important. You believe it first, and then you speak it with your mouth. And so Jesus said, believe you receive it in your heart, but then start saying it, declaring that God's word is going to come to pass in your life, declaring that God's promise is going to come to pass, giving thanks that God is working in your life and bringing it to pass, and speaking to the mountains in your life that stand in the way of God's will for you and command them to be removed. That, that works when you are connected to God by faith. Praise God. And so the Bible says in Zechariah 4, 6, it's not by might or power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. It's by the power of the spirit. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of faith. He's the one that moves the mountains. But we have to speak to the mountain. It says, who are you, O great mountain? Before Zerubbabel, you will become a plain. And he will bring forth the capstone with shouts of grace, grace to it. So in other words, it, the Holy Spirit will do it. He's the spirit of faith, but we have to cooperate with him. And Zerubbabel had to believe, and then he had to speak and shout, grace, grace. In other words, God has done it. It's God gives it to me as a free gift, and I declare it. I agree with God, and I thank God for what he's done. And you declare the grace of God, the promise of God, and then that mountain will be removed by the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit in you is the spirit of faith, but you cooperate with the Spirit by surrendering to him and then by speaking God, embracing God's word and speaking God's word, and the spirit of faith will flow through you. Well, God bless you. Have a wonderful day. Thank you.